now Fernandez with space in which to operate and he picks out Anthony Martial brings the first save of the evening out of Martinez he knows he's going to go for that corner he gets there early strong hands Cash made up a lot of ground to get forward McGinn comes in on it and now De Gea has worked really good piece of play from Aston Villa Rashford here's Wan-Bissaka and Mings oh he tried the header and it goes straight against Anthony Martial and in he just pulls it back behind Tyro Mings and it becomes a real problem the two centre-backs don't pick him up and Martial gets in between them and it's just a case he has to stoop down low and just guides it into that far corner. Grealish. Side. Cross for Watkins. What a save. Wonderfully athletic from David De Gea. McGinn does get it through. And with one Bissaka out of position, Grealish looking to make hay. And it's Triore. And it's 1-1. So naive on that far side from Aaron Wambasaka. What is he doing? But Aston Villa, they were knocking, they were knocking. And they bashed the door down eventually. And once you leave Grealish in that position, the quality is fantastic. Louise nearly gets it. It falls for Tori. He just has acres of space. Pogba goes down. Douglas Louise's challenge. It's a Manchester United penalty. And very quickly that check has been completed Fernandez scores well where would Manchester United be without him so reliable especially from the spot cleared by Mings and it's Bruno Fernandes what an effort and what a save! It's a brilliant strike from Bruno Fernandes and what a save. It's Cash! And it's turned away for another corner as Villa look to hit the equaliser again. Hello and welcome to the first St Martin's Football Show of 2021. We're on today's show will be looking back at the New Year's Day or the, the 5th to the 4th of January Premier League fixtures, which included Arsenal's away trip to West Brom, Tottenham played at home to Leeds, Chelsea, Man City and the biggest game of them all was uh, Man United on Saturday night. Um, we'll start off with the, the Friday, on, sorry, um, Friday night against Villa really was. Um, we'll start off then on Friday, the early game, which was between um, Everton and West Ham. West Ham won 1-0 thanks to a Thomas Suchet goal. Um, I think he's their top scorer now this season. Um, a late goal from him. Um, well, good finish, I suppose. Um, West Ham did stick in the game. Okay, Everton did have their chances to win it, but it, it was a good finish. Has he turned out to be a good signing from last January um, for you, Lloyd? Uh, oh, I, I think he's been amazing. I think West Ham's recruitment has really gone under the radar. 
and like especially this season, like he's he's looked really good, and I I really like them. Uh, they bought the, uh, another player from the same club as well. The Kufal is the right back, yeah. and he's he's also been really good. Uh, they've, they've developed that link with that club, and it's it's really good. I think they've done really well recruiting. Yeah, as, as I said there, I think he's the he's the top scorer now, and it was a joke that goals in 2021, Suchek won, Messi, Ronaldo, and Lewandowski zero. <laughs> um, no, but he, he did well. He's hit five goals he scored now. Um, I think he was he scored in the last four games as well. He's definitely been um, consistent. But considering the the mad Premier League it is this year, Max, if for example, West Ham, like Declan Rice, for example, was he had a brilliant game again against Everton. Five ball recoveries, four interceptions, three out of three tackles, and an 87% pass accuracy. If Declan Rice can keep up the good form and Halley can keep on good form and they got Antonio coming back and Suchek can start um, scoring goals, do they have a chance of getting a European spot? I think they definitely do. I mean, I think it's difficult to even, you know... I, guess where clubs will finish because there are so many uh, clubs that you could say have a potential to finish in the, in the top six but um, no they definitely could especially if they keep this form up but there are lots of other teams that are uh, could potentially do it as well um, I think if you know if Chelsea don't pick up uh, their form anytime soon I think then it's more likely to but I would say that by the end of the season I think it could be maybe a surprise to see them there because I, I do expect some of the other teams to maybe pip them to it yeah, so I think, you know, for West Ham, obviously, they were in a relegation battle last year. Now they're, um, as I said, starting to, to play better now and, and getting a, a few more results. So it was a, um, a really good performance then. It was brilliant what Thomas Tuchek said after. It was hard for me. Normally, I have three weeks off and eat a lot of potato salad in <laughs> Czech, which was absolutely, I think, brilliant in his um, interviews. Well, but it was definitely a checkout for, um, sorry about that. Um, for West Ham with with Thomas Tuchel there. Um, um, the, the next game then was probably the biggest game of the weekend um, in terms of, well, you could say league table. Um, Man United and Aston Villa, we won 2-1. Um, a bit of a dodgy game, really. Aston Villa had their chances, well. We'll talk more about that. Martial scored in the 40th minute after a brilliant cross from Aaron Wan-Bissaka. And Wan-Bissaka was at fault in the 58th minute. Um, free kick, let Greenlish whip it in and Triori back post, brilliant finish. And then we found a way, um, this, okay, it was a penalty in the 61st minute, brilliant finish from um, Bruno Fernandes to get the crucial three points that we need. Alex, impressed? I thought it was a really good game. I thought I thought Villa were really, really good. And the two Man United players that stood out for me were, were the, was Paul Pogba, like I've been saying for a while. I thought he had a really, really good game. I thought the uh, by is it Bai? I thought he yeah. was outstanding. But I, I thought it was an excellent game. It was one of the best games I've seen for a while. It was end to end, and I I was probably more impressed with Villa because to go to a place like Old Trafford and and do that, I thought it was a really entertaining game. I got a bit. I thought it was end to end. I really enjoyed it. I think Eric Bai got voted our man the match, and as you said, I, I've been very critical of Pogba, and ever since his agent opened his mouth about them comments of him possibly leaving and. And so on, he started to, he hasn't come out and said anything. Man United as a club, we haven't come out and said anything. Um, there was reports the other day that he was expected to sign a new contract. So I think he's out of contract next summer um, after the the Europa League tournament in um, when was it August now. Obviously, that hasn't happened yet. 
you know, most touches, most duels, most shots, most aerial duels and most passes in the opposition half. So pretty good um, performance for Pogba. Okay, he could have had a, a few more chances and, and shots as well. But as you said, Eric Bailly coming back. Is Eric Bailly and um, Harry Maguire the, the two that Man United should keep with in terms of centre-back? Or when Lindelof's back from his back injury... Should he um, be playing as the centre-back, uh, Alex, considering that Eric Bailly is a bit of a sick note sometimes? Well, you, you, you've got to stick with the two same centre-backs for me, as, 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 you, as you've proved from a lot of teams. But I suppose that's all his decision. Um, the trouble is with Man United, and, and like I said, it's about consistency. And like, you, like uh, Lloyd has mentioned before, they haven't played many of the top six away, so... It's just consistency. I, I think Maguire took a lot of abuse purely because he cost £80 million. He is a good premiership defender. And don't get me wrong, I don't think he's worth anywhere near £80 million. But as a defender in a premiership, you're not going to go far wrong with Maguire. So it's just a matter of keeping someone with him, I suppose, as, as a regular partner. Is that someone you think we need to strengthen on in January? Uh, well, yeah, I suppose you will because... Like Liverpool have proved what well, they got three injuries there. So if you have one or two injuries, you are going to be light. So yeah, I would possibly try. But is someone going to be happy enough to come in and sit on the bench if, if as player for Man United are going to go and spend? I, I don't know. Who do you think would be a good um, a good defensive signing in January if we was to sign one? Max, realistically, so. pardon. Who do you think would be a good realistic signing if we were to sign a defender or a centre back in January for us, considering you know a possible title charge? Um, I mean that's interesting. I mean, I'd probably say. You see, I think lots of the players that, that you could potentially need, I think, are maybe a little bit unrealistic to say in, in January. I think you really need a, a, a defender of the. Kind of similar to you know a Van Dyke who's going to come in and really just kind of be the finishing touch in the in the defence. I don't think maybe like a you know young defender or anything who would kind of long term option would really help. But I think you know maybe the kind of player like Koulibaly, a big uh, commanding figure who's going to who's going to help the defence just generally um, and just kind of command players around. I don't think it's very realistic to say that, but you know you could say yeah maybe a Koulibaly, um potentially. You know, a cab back from Schalke, or maybe he's, he is a younger option, but I think he's he's going to move away, and I think you know, that's the kind of uh, player that you need to be looking at. I think the centre back option is a maybe a good option to to try to strengthen there. Yeah, and um, yeah, as see Eric by quality centre back when he when he's on his game as well. Um, as you said, Wan Bissaka as well. Um, he's been taking a bit of stick recently. Okay, he was at he was at, like I said at fault for that Villa goal because he turned his back on the. The free kick as well, but he did put a quality ball in, and he was a, a brilliant header for Martial. Um, but Alex, you know, Martial, he hasn't been performing like he should do, and he was towards the end of last season. He hasn't been getting the shots on target. Now he's, I think, he's been directly involved in seven goals in his last six appearances for Man United. Is he one like, like you said, dear, that um, you've been given a bit of the abuse to Maguire, and you think he's a, a quality player? Do you think the same about Martial? Yeah, he is a good player, but he, unfortunately for Martial, he, he signed, he, he scored that cracking goal against Liverpool, um, but he, he doesn't perform consistently enough. He, he, you know, he, he'll have one good game, then he'll go very, very quiet, and he'll miss a few chances, and he'll get frustrated. He'll, he, you know, he'll throw his arms up in the air. So uh, 
it's all about attitude and get, getting your head down. I think he's, he's you know, I'm not going to doubt his ability. He's obviously a quality player. He plays for France, you know, best team in the world. So there's no issue with, with that. But yeah, he's got to he's got to get more consistent and he's just got to do it and not get so huffy and puffy when things don't go his way. Yeah, so I think that that's a that's a key thing. But you know, obviously Cavani Cavani's a, a backup option, um, possibly a start. Obviously he's banned at the minute. Um, his teammates at Uruguay weren't too impressed with that. Um, you know, because of the, over there they said it's, it's acceptable. But that's a, another matter. So does he start when Cavani's back? Do you think? Yes, hundred percent. I think Cavani's got to be a backup. I think if you overuse Cavani, especially in the Premier League, he's going to pick up muscle injuries and you're just going to waste him. I think Cavani's a better option off the bench. Not every game, but I would prefer Martial to start majority of the games, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, it was, it was a good performance and hopefully for, for our sake and Man United's sake that um, you can keep continuing scoring now and getting more shots on and target. I think he's ended a seven Premier League run of appearances without a goal at Old Trafford. He scored in five home Premier League um, appearances prior to this, obviously last year, including a hat-trick against Sheffield United. But um, one place we have got to talk then, you'll probably take the mick, was a, a penalty. Obviously, Bruno Fernandes scoring one, um, scoring one again. I think he scored nine penalties in the Premier League, two more than any other player since he joined in in February. 33 penalties in 59 games we've had. Um, now, are we harshly treated and criticised? You think, Lloyd, when it comes down to penalties, in terms uh, of in, in terms of abuse after the game? I do think so. Like, like the the Pogba penalty, for example. Like, it is a penalty. Looking at the rules and stuff, there was contact. He did, he did go down. Even yeah. if he dives, there's still contact. So it is a penalty. But I think the criticism really is because, like, those type of penalties don't they don't normally get given for the other team. But then, like, it does just happen with United quite a lot. Which it is just random chance, most likely. But I think, like, a lot of people do pick up on it. Because United always seems to get these penalties. But then the same thing happens. And just other clubs don't. Um, one penalty that, um, for, as you said, there, that obviously nowadays a defender is probably scared to go in. Um, a lot of people criticise, not just Liverpool fans, other people said that if the Pogba won on because um, okay, it was a stupid foul from on Douglas Louise, obviously an ex-man that he plays through the right. Um, no, but obviously that one got given as the penalty on Pogba. But, but then you look at the Carl Dalo one on Armani where he pulled him down. Is there any comparison compared to like the Marnie one didn't get given as a penalty, but the Pogba one was? Is is that a fair treatment, or did you think that the Marnie one wasn't a penalty? I, I, I don't know if I don't know if you can really compare them because they aren't like especially with a goalkeeper committing a foul is it is a bit of a different ruling on it but I do think like like I think the Tierney one as well against Chelsea that was quite a big thing because it was like there was contact we dived on it and it did get given like that is like a lot a lot of the time something like that wouldn't get given but I do think more pens which United typically get given are sometimes to get given for everyone. So I think the criticism will probably slow down a decent amount. Hopefully as well. But you know, you have got to take it on on the chin as well that um that we have been scoring the penalties and I'd say some of very few we haven't deserved, like the Bruno Fernandez one last year against um Aston Villa Villa Park that was the most blatant dive I think 
um, I've seen in, in a long time, possibly apart from Salah and Sterling. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a goal to goal, I suppose. People can take the mix, but, you know, I suppose, like I said, we do deserve them. And then um, it's a brilliant, r- remarkable um, record that Bruno Fernandes got from the, the spot. I think, like I said, he's, he's scored what now? Most games won 19, most goals 19, most non-penalty goals, goals 10, and most assists 14 since he um, came in as well. You've just got to look at our um, somebody pointed out the other day, our player of the month, he won um, for December this year. He's won, uh, Fred won it in January in 2020, Fernandez February, March, June, um, Mason Greenman won it July, Fernandez August, Matter September, Rashford October, and then Fernandez November and December. So, you know, without him, I dread to think where we'd be. But keeping him fit, are we title contenders, Alex? Uh, no, I, I still don't think so. I, as I said, because I don't think you've got the right manager, and how much you wanna, you wanna play up your chance or play down your chances. I still think Liverpool are favourites, and I think Man City and, and Spurs will, will will eventually push towards the top. I said, I, I no, I'm not gonna say no, but I no, no, I am gonna say no. You're not. If we beat Burnley, we go top of the Premier League in our game in hand, three points clear. And if we beat Liverpool, it could be six points clear. Then do you start to change your tune? Uh, obviously, you'd have to, but I still think Man City will have the games in hand on you, and I think Man City will beat you in the game they need to beat you at at home. I'm sorry, so I, as I said, I, I I don't think you've got you've got the consistency to win it. I I'm gonna come on you, and I said. Mum, I said this, not until I'm going to do a pet view, until maybe eight games or five games towards the end of the season. If we're in with a shout, then I'll say we're in the tart race. We are in the tart race, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to come out and admit a year and you just wait for that. Because, because, if you say you're in the tart race with five games ago and then you don't win the Premier League, that's going to be even more embarrassing. No, yeah, we, we, realistically, if you look at the table, of course we're in the tart race. We could go top if we beat Burnley. We are... Really, across the table, and a lot of people have said, realistically, we are in the tower. If you're top, of course you're in the tower race. And, well, probably, but someone from 16 <laughs> up to top is in the tower race, the way it's turned out. But I, I'm saying we're not in the tower race because I don't want to get my hopes up and come on you every week. Oh, we're in the tower race buzzing, and then it all goes wrong 10 games before the end of the season. Like Max said, I sound like an idiot there, and I might get my hopes down. So I've, you know, I'm. I'm going to do a Liverpool last year. Their fans said even when they were 20 points ahead, they still haven't won the league until they've lifted that trophy. So I'm playing it down. It was only because they bought it the season before. Though. Well, but it's a, it's, a, it's a crazy Premier League. You're not, you're not going to hear me until five games to go, eight games to go, if we're still on the chance and we're in the, the title race. You're just not getting it out of me. But... As you say, on the other hand, Aston Villa, they were a bit unlucky. Um, Watkins and Al Ghazi had um, brilliant chances, while Martinez made a, a brilliant save in the 66th minute from um, from Bruno Fernandes, well, obviously from that corner and, and the volley as well. And then Rashford had it straight, literally straight after from the, the corner as well. Mings missed a sitter um, as well, and obviously Pogba had two great chances. But Villa, you could probably say, maybe deserved a point where, where Villa a bit harsh on not getting a point do you think Lloyd? Uh, yeah, I think they might be they did they did perform really well and I think they have all season really I, I think they did I don't know I, I'm torn about 
I think it, it was unlucky that they didn't, but I'm, I'm not sure if I say that they deserved one. Yeah, but I suppose well, one player that I think we can all agree, Jack Greenlish, I, I was very critical of him. I think he did control that midfield um, for Aston Villa and there's been a lot of talk, maybe he could join a big six team at a Man City, Liverpool and Man United in January. I can't see him um, leaving, especially now he's signed what a, a two-year deal, is it? At Aston Villa, so you know he is, he is really key as well. But one player has come under the radar um, a little, and come back to you, Alex. You probably know him best on the Championship last year. Is Matty Cash? Um, they signed him from Nottingham Forest in in the summer. He tends to play more of a, a right wing back and push forward more than possibly defensively. How impressive have you been um, with Matty Cash this season at Villa and? Were you, were you surprised initially? I think, how much did he go for? 20-odd million, I think. Was, were you surprised on, on the fee that they bought him from Forest Road as well? No, I wasn't. He, he was really good in the Championship last year. I saw him a couple of times, and he, I saw him against Cardiff, obviously, and I saw him when, on TV a few times. He, he's quality, but he has got to get his temper into check. He, he gets he gets booked for silly, silly reasons, and that's going to go against you at the Premiership level. So he has to keep his, his, his silliness under control. But he, he's a quality player, and I think he'll only get better um, the way Villa are going. So um, I think it's a very good signing, really. Yeah, so so overall then, a, a brilliant performance from us to get a three-point, probably Paul Pogba's best game in a, a Man United shirt. Um, well, definitely in a long time, probably since we denied Man City the title. But, you know, credit's due with credit's due. Pogba had a, a brilliant game. Um, the early game on Saturday then was involving Max's team, Tottenham, beating Leeds at home 3-0. Harry Kane scored a penalty after 29 minutes. Human Son then scored out in the 43rd minute. And then Toby Alderweireld scored in the 50th minute after it was bundled in um, and Elan Melier couldn't keep it off the, the line as well. But it also did come at a cost because Matt Doherty got a second yellow and sent off in the, the 92nd minute. Please do the comeback performance and get the win, uh, Matt. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I wasn't necessarily worried. I mean, I think teams like Leeds in that kind of area do kind of worry when we play them. But the thing is with Leeds, they're very attacking and... Um, I think we can have a solid defence and we can absorb pressure quite well. Um, and I think they have a very poor defence and we have, a, we have a fairly good attack on the counter. So I think going into it, I was probably more confident than I would be against, you know, maybe like a Burnley side to me who would maybe give you a little bit more to, uh, to worry about. Uh, but, you know, I'm still happy with the win. I, I'm still, I still think Leeds are a good side and to win against them is, is very uh, you know, impressive anyway. So, you know, I think it was a very good win. And um, I, I wouldn't, didn't think we were, you know, excellent, but I thought, did uh, well enough, and I think maybe the scoreline flattened us a bit. Good result. Yeah, for Kane and Son, they've combined for re- uh, for 13 Premier League goals this season, equaling the record set by Blackburn's Alan Shearer and Chris Sutton in 1994-95. Alex, quickly, you remember, you'll remember Shearer and Sutton in the year Blackburn won it. Are they better than them? Cool, that's that's a statement. To be fair, uh, Alan Shearer and Sutton were were, were outstanding for Blackburn that year, absolutely outstanding. But Blackburn did play probably different to Spurs because they did have a winger, I don't know if you remember, a guy called Stuart Ripley, um, Will Cox, Jason. They were superb. They were down the, you know, down to the thing, smashed the crosses in. So to be fair to, to Kane and Son, Spurs don't play that type of football. So definitely up there. But um, no, to be fair, I, I would stick with Shearer and Sutton because quite simply they went on to win the Premier League last year and if Spurs go on to win the Premier League yes I think they would be would be better to be honest 
Actually, Harry Kane, it was the um he's now scored against all thirty sides he's faced in the, the Premier League. We were gonna have a discussion about this Leeds point, Alex. Uh, about there was obviously the, the incident on Amazon about Karen um Kearney, who ex um obviously Birmingham and Chelsea player she was, brilliant for England. Um she made a comment about Leeds were only promoted because of COVID, um, despite them winning the league by by ten points, and then that caused a lot of um, controversial like comments. I think she left Twitter because of abuse, which obviously is just unacceptable. But a lot of people criticised Leeds for for putting out the tweet or even like her deleting her Twitter account. Now, me personally, I think it was maybe a needless, um, you know, tweet by Leeds. Maybe they didn't need to do it. But we also stay on the other foot that. Was a bit of a an aggravative comment, do you think? I think you think, unfortunately, with social media, it's such a silly, silly tool. She, it, what, what did she expect to happen when she puts a, a well, People are going to react. Now, if I was Leeds, I wouldn't have paid any attention to it because I'm not just saying that because she's a woman. Because I, I pay no attention to any pundits, none of them at all. They can they, all they want to do is put their ratings up. All these pundits, Roy Keane, player I absolutely admired. All he says is, is controversial things just to get people to say, "Oh, well done, Roy," you know, saying silly things. And all these pundits, no, no disrespect, I respect everyone's opinion in football. Lloyd's, Max, yours. We're never going to agree on anything. We're not. But you respect the opinions. But why these pundits use social media? What did she expect to happen? I'm not defending the ridiculous, disgraceful comments that she had, and I think some of them. What 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 I, what I hear were, were really really below the belt, which is just stupid. But again, I don't know what she expected, and it makes the news that some woman who's played for England or has deleted a Twitter account. Why is that news? I just I'm sorry, it's a the social media thing. I'm just too old to understand it. I just don't understand it. But do you think it was a needless, as she said? Did you think it was it was necessary that leads like as you said? Okay, they shouldn't have done it, but. Do you understand why Leeds fans are a bit annoyed? Because let's just be fair, you, you'll know because obviously they got promoted from the championship. They they were flying beforehand. Okay, they lost their first game to to you in the championship, but they were um, brilliant since then too. So what she said, like she expects them to blow out this season, considering what they've been the most entertaining. They've been the most entertaining team. They've been scoring goals for fun. They've been you know, conceding goals a lot. I think they scored 30 goals now, the fourth in the Premier League. They've had 241 shots, the second shots on target. They've had 88, which is the second, and touches in the opposition box, 438, which is a fourth. So they're not a dull team. So do you think it was Leeds fans were right to to criticise him? Obviously not in the abusive way, but in the way that um, just maybe shouldn't have said the comment, do you think? Well, yeah, 100%, because if I put something on social media, like, for example, Cardiff City are better than Man United, someone's <laughs> going to come back and say, don't be so, you know what I mean? I'm going to get abused, I'm going to get mocked, that's what it's about. So, I'm, when you put things on social media, what do you expect people to say? Yes, Karen, you're right, Karen, well done, Karen. That's not, that's, that's not how social media works. I'm not defending any of the abusive comments, but why... Why she would? Why, why did she put it on there? What? Why did she feel the need to say that? Oh, I know why. It's probably to guarantee a job for the next time, and that's that's for me. That, that's what it's about. Why Leeds even bothered responding? 
I don't know because who is she? No disrespect. Like all these pundits, they're nobodies. They're just earning money off the people like me and you. Me could do a better job than, than half these pundits. So, I, but no, I, I think what she said was absolute nonsense. And I would have said the same if a man had said it. It was just a stupid statement to make. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think you did open a, open a, um, a big discussion and probably a needless one as well. Um, but they did have, um, you know, they had their chances. Bamford again had some brilliant chances as well. You could probably say the penalty was a penalty. It was a stupid challenge from um, Alioski and on, from on Bergwijn. But, you know, a lot of people said after, not just Leeds fans, that it wasn't a penalty. Um, Dim Gallagher was on, um, was it, no, not Dim Gallagher, when the former ref, Peter Walton was on um, BT like he normally was, and um, brilliant ref, and he said that, it was just, the contact was just on the line. I think one of the Tottenham pundits said it It wasn't. Um, Max, was it a penalty for you? It was for me, I think, because it was just on the line. Yeah, I think the foul was penalty-worthy. and I, uh, I think the question is whether it's on the line or not, and I think it was on the line, yeah. Yes, I think, I think he said that it was the con... The con I can't remember what Tottenham pundit it was now. I think the contact was made on the thigh which was just outside the box, you know, knowing VAR, they'll be getting the microscopes out and, and <laughs> looking at um, that one. But um, before we end on Tottenham, and w- one point that um, we'll wait to talk about Pochettino later, um, you know, Pochettino has been appointed PSG manager, and that obviously means Deli Ali is going to be linked with PSG, but Tottenham have said this week that they're not looking to sell or loan out Deli Ali during the the transfer window and they expect him to stay and fight for his place in the team. Is that a good sign or is that um, a sign that you personally think that he should maybe go out on loan, get a bit more game time for England in the Euros and come back stronger next year? Well, I think lots of it is kind of contradicting viewpoints from, um, I mean, I think, you know, players inside the club, I think Levy especially, they view him as a good player. Obviously, he's been good for Spurs, uh, for spells. And I think mainly the person who is, isn't quite sold on him is Mourinho. Um, I mean, I want him to. I think he's a great player. I think he's a fantastic player. And I think he's just kind of, you know, he is maybe lacking confidence. Um, but I mean, either way, I, I don't think I don't want to sell him. Uh, but I think if he was to leave alone would be a good move. And I think perhaps a PSG is probably the best option. Um, I think it's a good place for him to get his confidence back. And there's a lot of competition there. But um, no, I think he's capable of regaining a place in the squad. My only worry is, you know, whether the system fits quite fits or not. But um, I mean, the system isn't set. I think there is definitely a space for him in the, in the, in the squad. And um, either way, I mean, I'm not too bothered if he leaves. But I think a loan move would be good for him. But I think I'd rather see him stay and fight his way back into the team. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see um, what does happen over over January and see after January whether how much game time he gets. Um, the three o'clock game then. Crystal Palace beat Sheffield United two 0 Jeffrey Scluck scored after four minutes, and then Eze scored in um, the sixth minute of added time in the first half. So another good win for Crystal Palace. Um, there was a six-goal filler at the Amex between Brighton and Wolves. Um, Aaron Connolly put Brighton head after 13 minutes and then CA scored in the 19th minute after a brilliant ball from Nelson Semedo. And then um, Dan Burns scored an own goal, a bit unlucky really, before Ruben Neves scored a 44th minute penalty. And then Morbe scored a penalty straight after half-time before um, Lewis Dunk scored in the 70th minute to get um, a point four. 
Um, Brighton, you know, is that better from Brighton, do you think, Lloyd? Because you said that um, there were attacking options that were good and you expect if they took the chances to be higher up in the league. Is this still a question under Graham Potter, though, that his job is at risk? Uh, I, I really hope Graham Potter's job isn't at risk because, like, he's, there's no way he's the problem. He's amazing. I think I think he should be managed at a much better club. Uh, I think I did say the problem with them was scoring, and they're going to score this three goals this week. But also going to concede three. Like, especially the shots they conceded him was one was a penalty, and then uh, they conceded two shots, which is very low chance of going in. Uh, I, I really like Brian's team and how they set up, and I think. Like, it is good that they've got a point, because they're really low on the table. Now, they should be doing much better. But if they, if they do start scoring more goals, I do believe the results will come. Like, they look, they look really good against Wolves. And Wolves are normally quite a hard team to break down as well. And I think I, I think they did well, but they do need to get some more results. Yeah, um, staying on to the Wolves, coming back to you, Max. Um, one player that today um, has been linked with Wolves and Ajax, um, one player that we talked about a lot is Christian Eriksen. Um, obviously, for the people that don't know, he, he's going to most likely leave into Milan this January after not getting much game time. Would he be a good signing for either Ajax or Wolves, or do, does he need to go to a bigger team? Do you think, like a PSG or um, you know Barcelona? Well, it's difficult because while I think he has the quality to go to a bigger team, it's just he's kind of. Um... He's, he's he's out of his he's out of his sorts really for the last you know year year I'd probably say at this point probably a bit more. Um, I think he has the quality, like I said, to go to a bigger team, but he's not going to get the options. That's the kind of worry. He needs to go somewhere where he's get a guaranteed game time and give it guaranteed the time to prove himself. <clears throat> I think PSG could be an option. Obviously, the Pochettino link is is evident, uh, but I'd probably say maybe maybe. <clears throat> I mean, I think an Ajax maybe is a little bit. Obviously, he played for him before. That's why the link is there. But um, I think maybe bigger than Ajax and Wolves. Um, I mean, I'm unsure. I mean, the links have been Arsenal. I don't think he would go to Arsenal. I'm not sure where he could go. But I think maybe bigger than Ajax and Wolves is definitely something that he needs to be aiming for. I think maybe Wolves. I think Wolves are a good size. But yeah. yeah, I think they've been linked with Diego Costa as well. So Wolves definitely been linked with um, a lot of big players. But you talk about Arsenal. That links in really nice to the. The next game, Arsenal won away at West Brom 4-0. Kieran Tierney scored in the 23rd minute. Um, that was after him, you know, not fearing the snow or the cold in the warm-up. Shorts on, shorts leave top, um, fearless. Um, I certainly wouldn't catch me doing that. Saka scored in the 28th minute and then Lacazette um, scoring in the 60th and 64th minute. Um, Kieran Tierney then, um, Lloyd, was he created 15 chances from the start of December, Ben Chilwell has created 14 all season. Is he an underrated defender? Uh, I, I do think he is really underrated. Because obviously his natural position is the left back. But for for quite a few run of games, right at the start of the season, he's playing as the left centre back in the back five. Which I think that really convinced people that he wasn't really that good. And a lot of people underrated him. Because he wasn't getting the goals, he wasn't getting the assists, like someone like Ben Chilwell was. But now he's transitioned into the to the actual left back. You see, they've gone and assist, and a lot of chances created already. Uh, he plays amazingly, and uh, for 25 million as well, it looks like a better deal every day. Yeah, he certainly did well for Scotland um, in their quest to qualify for the Euros, and he did well for Celtic when they kept winning the trophies. But one player that um, a lot of Arsenal fans have seen over the past few days 
um, and weeks after he said this, Danny Ceballos, obviously you re-signed him from um, Real Madrid on loan. He said this week they would, um, rejected loan deals to go to Valencia, AC Milan, Real Betis and possibly go back to Real Madrid. Um, like a lot of people said, he, he's really passionate. He's passionate about Arsenal and a lot of people maybe question why he doesn't get more game time. Do you think he should get more game time? Uh, I think he should, but it, it really depends how we set up. Because against West Brom, we played... He plays a bit of El Nani because we need someone who can pass forward a bit more, who has a bit more freedom. Because then you have El Nani to pass his sideways backwards, but he's reliable. He stays back. He's a good defensive option. But then you have Sabios. Well, he passes forward quite a lot. He's quite progressive, and but he does he doesn't really defend as much. So I think he does really. It really depends on the game, but I, I do think he does have a bit more game time because he does look really good, and he, he does have a good pass on him as well. Yeah, and I think one player that um, that maybe you'd expect that he could possibly play alongside is Thomas Partey. He's available um, for your clash against Newcastle on the weekend in the FA Cup. Do you think he'll play? Uh, I don't think he will. Uh, just because like, we clearly rushed him quite... We rushed him back with the Spurs game. And you see everyone, he came off injured after 45 minutes. And I, I really don't think we'll rush him back. I think we'll be extra careful with it. So I, I don't think he will get a start against Newcastle. He might come off the bench for a bit, but I do think we'll probably try and avoid playing it. Yeah, and um, one player that has departed this, this week, or yesterday, in fact, there was a lot of talk um, that he could leave permanently, but he's left on loan. Um, William Salaba has gone to Nice on loan for the rest of the season. Your technical director, Edu, said that we're confident he'll have a great career with us um, and he's a long-term signing. Why isn't it, like a lot of people have said, why isn't it that he hasn't, um, you know, started a lot of, a lot of games and, um, how would you put it, that he hasn't fitted in right yet? Because, like a lot of people said, you bought him and then he went to, who did he go to? St. Etienne, St. Etienne yeah. on loan. And he had a few, he had a few injuries and he had a few personal issues there. He come to you, obviously. I think he, you said he's been playing in your under twenty threes a lot and in the FL Trophy and so what. Um, so, is, are you pleased he's gone out on loan, or do you think that maybe he hasn't been treated that the respect and the game time that he possibly should have and was probably expecting? Uh, I, I, we haven't handled it well, but I do, I, I'm not going to say he deserves to start. I think the loan is really good because he's going to get consistent game time yeah. in the top five league, yeah. which is, well, it's perfect, really. Like, he's probably going to play week in, week out for quite a decent team, and it's, that'll be really good for him. I think we didn't really handle it the best because we have basically wasted six months of his career now just by him sitting on the bench playing for the under-23s when he, when he should have gone on loan again to a, to a French team to... Uh, to, uh, just a, somewhere else really if we weren't going to play it but I, I don't really think he is ready for the start yet I think with defenders it's really hard for them to uh, to integrate into the side like you can't just throw him in like I think when Leicester bought Kyrgyz to I think it took him a year to actually get in, in the team yeah. like, like, it, it's a lot different to playing youth attackers like you have to really make sure that, they, that they're ready for it I think, like, Rob Holden as well. He was heavily linked to Newcastle in the summer window. And I think the deal was almost through him. And then Arteta pulled it back last minute. And I, I think that was because he saw Saliba in training. And he thought, oh, no, I think we'll need Rob Holden. 
I don't think Saliba was ready. He should have had another loan in France, but I'm just glad he's going to loan now. And I, I think he probably will be ready next season. Yeah, I think um, you talked about Rob Alden. I think he's close to signing a new deal as well, and he extending his um, deal on, on for a bit longer. The, I think Telegraph reported that yeah. the other day. But it's, it's such a, as I said, a weird Premier League that, okay, you were too good to stay up. And, you know, a lot of people said you were in the relegation fight. In the table you was, but obviously you probably weren't. Maybe the form you was in. But you could, I mean, you're three points, like somebody said, a relegation threatened Arsenal in bracket, just three points behind um, the title contenders, Chelsea, as a lot of people call it. So if you, you have got, let's be fair, the form you're in, and realistically as Arsenal, you should be winning. I think you've got a few good games you should be winning. Where is realistically now a good finish now this season, considering a few weeks ago we were taking the mick and and saying how much you're in a relegation battle and thinking that you could be playing at Cardiff City next year. Uh, I think I think we need to aim for Europa League. That's always, that's always the aim, Europa League. And if we get anything higher, then it's really good. I think that's where we need to aim for. Uh, you said that like we haven't really been in the best form, but like we've gone we've gone into a lot of form now for the past three wins, and we have a decent set of fixtures coming up soon. And I think I think we really need to capitalise on it. I think after I think after March or something, we have like a really nice run of fixtures. What well, seems like Man United, the fixtures get a lot harder. So that's another thing we need to capitalise. I think if we if we get, make some signings now in January, if we bring in some like a Buendia, which will really help our creativity and goal scoring threat, that will really improve us. And I think something else we really need to do is get Aubameyang scoring because you see we put four past West Brom, we put three past Chelsea, and like I'm not. Like, it's no criticism of the attack. But you look at the chances Aubameyang had, and if he buries one or two of those, then we're going to play miles better. Like, against West Brom, I think he had two quite clear chances where you look at it and you think, if that was Aubameyang last season, he would have scored it. Uh, he needs to get his confidence back. But I do think when he's scoring, we will be quite the, quite the threat. Because our defence is really good now. Like in the past three games, two two conceded, one goal conceded. I think I think statistically we have like the sixth best defense in the league as well. So that's not really a problem anymore. Thomas Party's going to be back, which is going to be huge as well. And the attack is scoring. Uh, I think I think we could be on for a decent second half of the season and hopefully push back up to the Europa League spots. Yeah, and Lacazette been firing as well. He scored what? Um, was it four goals in his um, past four games scored against Man City, Chelsea, Brighton, and uh, sorry five gate five goals in his last four games. He scored one against Man City, one Chelsea, one Brighton, and two against West Brom. So is that another key um, aspect that Lacazette is firing when Aubameyang isn't? Uh, yeah, definitely because we do rely on the strikers scoring quite a lot. I think like if Lacazette wasn't scoring, would have been a lot a lot bigger problems. I think I've seen I've seen a lot of contract talk about him. So I think his contract I think is up next year. So we should be looking at renewing it. And I think I, I don't think we should renew his contract. Because his market value's gone up now in the past run of form. And I think it's an area we need to improve on. So I think we should cash in. Yeah, and um in terms of on the transfer, we talked about Emmy Benjia. Um there's been a lot of reports that he's agreed personal terms. Now you're in talks about buying him for Possibly 25 million and giving um, Reese Nelson or Joe Willock away. I think the Independent broke that news story, and then a lot of people have cottoned on to it. Is that a deal you expect could happen 
considering, like a lot of people said, he's probably valued at 35 million to 45 million. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely do think he'll uh, he'll have a decent chance of happening. Uh, I really like I really like that Nelson might go on loan as well. So I think, especially Reese Nelson, I think he's only does deserve a lot of game time because he, he had a really good loan in the Bundesliga with Hoffenheim, and then he's done quite good in the Prem as well. I think in his last start, he scored the winner against Liverpool. Uh, he, like he has played really well. I do think he does deserve more of a chance. So I'd love to see him see him go on loan. And and for you, Alex, quickly, you said a few weeks ago that you um you like the idea that more championship players are going up to the Premier League. Is is this maybe like um they said on Sky Sports, if this Ben Diadio go, goes through for what, twenty five million, maybe a bit more, do you think that championship clubs now um will think that Premier League clubs are gonna come more in for championship players and gonna have to raise the prices so instead of like a few scenes ago, you could probably get a good championship player for what ten million, like Mitrovic. You'll probably have to pay thirty, thirty-five million. Think this is a turn forward? Well, not really, because I think, I think, I, I think, obviously the transfer fees are just not realistic. Whenever you go, um, as I just said, you know, Simon Maguire for eighty million, which is probably seventy-five million too much. But again, <laughs> the transfer fees at the moment are just absolutely ridiculous. But I think, I think, well, what championship players give you? They might not have the the intense quality straight away, but when they when they played season, they've got the physical attributes to play in the championship. If you put them training with better players like Watkins at Villa, you know they should improve their game. If you, you can imagine, if you're playing for someone like Brentford or someone Huddersfield, then you go and sign to a club like Arsenal and see all their facilities, their players. You know that's going to raise your game. And I think the, the big thing is these championship players are not going to jinx anyone out, but they don't get. You know they play, they physically built themselves up and it's just a matter of them training with these better players like your Lacazette your Aubameyang your parties and if they can bring on people like that I, I think the championship is I don't know why sometimes these big clubs go abroad I, I don't because I think there is some real quality in the championship obviously if they're young there's no point signing older players in the championship so that defeats the object but I think if you look around the championship I think there's definitely players there which which are definitely worth a gamble and any like specific, do you think apart from Emmy Bendy, you could possibly suggest that you think would do well in the Premier League? I think the guy from the the, the guy Brentford, uh, Ivan Ivan Tony. He, he, he's a quality player. He's got he's got a lot. He's big. He's strong. He's a nuisance around the ball. But, but, but you know, there's there's not many players that you could say perhaps, but it's just be given a chance. I think what happens with these Premiership clubs, they they don't look in the Championship or they haven't looked in the Championship. They always look. You know, abroad. Now, people are saying about the signing of the season, you know, that Bruno Fernandes, yes, we all know Bruno Fernandes has been a great signing, but Ollie Watkins has been a superb signing for Villa. He's really transformed the way Villa have played. And I think, you know, it, all right, admittedly, the guy from uh, Brentford who went to West Ham has been poor, but Jared Bowen in ben West Ram. Ham, you know, he's, he's been superb for West Ham. He hasn't scored as well, but he's really creative. And I, I think that, you know, you have got to start looking down the league rather than just going abroad and, and paying millions and millions of pounds on players, which I think, I, I just don't really understand the, the logic of that. I look at Man City's Youth Academy. I've watched them on ITV4 in one of the cup finals against Arsenal, and they were both brilliant teams, absolutely brilliant. But then you never see them progress into the first team, and I, I don't know why, really. I, I, I don't. I don't know what, what happens to these youngsters and where they go, and they go out on loan, and they, they don't seem to make it, and it's good. Or, or they go to Germany and sell for big prices like uh, Sancho. Um, and so these, you know, I, I think it's a, it's a good 
you know, it's, it's good for the English game, for example, that you have the likes of Ivan Tony. Obviously, they got him from, from Peterborough, and we've talked a lot on the FL show about him. And as you said, Ben Rama hasn't been playing the best at West Ham from Brentford. He struggled a little. Um, Jared Bowen, I think they signed him from Hull a few years ago when they were struggling. So I think, you know, it's it's good to see the players. And I think, do you think Emmy Bendy would be a starter? Do you think Lloyd or would he be a, an impact player off the bench? Uh, I think I think he'd probably rotate quite on. Like I think we already have Sack and Smith Rome, and they can all kind of play the similar positions. So I think we'll probably rotate him. But I think he will get a lot of game time. It'll be interesting to see if our deal goes ahead. And quickly, one then, Julian Brandit, um, the Dortmund Sporting Director, um, Michael, is it Zorch, um, has said that Arsenal have made no contact with Dortmund about Julian Brandit. Obviously, Dortmund are a hard team to negotiate with. They proved that in the summer with Aston Sancho. Is, are they going to play hardball and you think the price will be too much? Or do you think you'll be able to get the right price if you do get him? Uh, I, I think... I'm not really sure if we are the right price because they're having a new manager come in. So I think they want to keep all their players there so they can give them the full selection and see what he wants to do. And they they didn't, they only signed him quite recently as well. Like it was only a couple of years ago. I think he's, he's been used wrongly there for the past few seasons as well. I think, I think we might overpay a bit. Uh, I'm, I'm not really sure if the links are really reliable to him. Like I haven't really seen like like the athletic Nicholas Twitter or something. Uh, I'm not I'm not really sure I could have a transfer B as well. So I know I know Bayern were looking at it before he went to Dortmund, and they said like they said against it, and like the Bayern scouted him. They they didn't get anything wrong. So I think there are there are quite a few red lights pointing at him, but I, I, I'm not really sure. Uh, uh, he's a good player and he's been out of form. Uh, I, if we get him, I if we get him for the right price. Yeah, it'd be interesting. One um one laugh today was he being linked with Julian Draxler and like a lot of people said, uh, probably still in two thousand fifty one you'll still be linked with him because you always seem to be linked with him. Um as well, but for West Brom I'm not gonna talk much about them. It's a I suppose the third Arsenal goal basically summed it up because it was a Jai almost scored an own goal and then Lacazette smashed in, so probably summed it up. Um, for West Brom, a big job for Big Sam then. Then on Sunday, um, it was meant to be three games. Instead, it was only two because Burnley Fulham got postponed due to um, positive tests in the Fulham camp. Um, you know, another game postponed was that 40 positive COVID-19 tests in the Premier League today. Is the, is the Premier League right to continue, do you think, Max? Um. Well, I mean, I think there are, there are ways that they can continue and be more more safe about it. And I think more regular tests is what they're looking at now. Um, I don't think they were, it got to the point where, you know, pause was, was mandatory. And I think there are definitely ways to continue football and still be safe and maybe just, you know, maybe have more frequent testing. And I think that's probably the main, the main way to, to go get around it, I think. Yeah, and I think they, you know, like Mourinho criticised it the other day that they have to, if they postpone the games, they got to be um, quite quick about it instead of being unprofessional. Then it was the, the final, uh, the finally a game at Court Pass 2, Leicester 1 away at Newcastle 2 1. James Madison scoring in the 53rd minute and celebrated by doing a, the dart celebration because obviously it was a, the World Dart Championship on, on Sunday night, which Welshman Gerwin Price won, so a massive well done to. To him, the first Welshman to do that. 
Um, but now Madison scored in the 55th minute, Tielemans in the 72nd minute. The one surprise score was probably, you know, the GOAT Andy Carroll. Um, 3,661 days since um, he last scored on Boxing Day 2010. Just just to say since then, Donald Trump has tweeted 56,307 times. Newcastle mm. got relegated and promoted. And there's been 10 iPhones made since um, Andy Carroll has has scored for Steve Bruce two wins from the last ten games. They went out the League Cup. Do, do they need a big win summer? Uh, not summer. Uh, January transfer window now, Lloyd. Do you think? Um, they've been linked to Tamore, um, on loan from Chelsea. Um, January obviously he almost joined West Ham on Boxing Day. So they, do they need signings like Tamore or even bigger if they want to progress? Uh, I think if they really want to progress, they need to look at a different manager. I think that is. They, they do have quite a lot of quality in the team. Like, you look at some of the players they have. And, like, like especially attacking-wise, they spend so much on these options. And, like, they just don't really get used properly. Like, under Bruce, it, it doesn't really make sense. I think the, the Tomori loan would be really good. Because Tomori was really good. I don't, I don't even know what happened between him and Lampard. Because he went from being one of their best centre-backs. And I was, like, third, fourth choice. Is it... Was, it I don't know, I think he's even lower than that. So I, it's, it's quite strange. I think it'd be a great move for them. But I do think they do need to look at a more, a, a, just a better manager. Yeah, it'd be, be interesting to see if they if they do that. Um, but for Leicester then, they sh- probably should have scored three. Jamie Vardy had a, a goal ruled out for offside and we talked about him previously that, um, you know, he's, he's been brilliant. Um, the final game on Sunday then was Chelsea, Man City, um, another disappointing performance from Chelsea. Gundogan scored in the 18th minute. Foden scored um, in the 21st minute. Literally, what was it, 197 seconds after, 157 seconds after. And De Bruyne scored in the 34th minute before um, Chelsea cost me a clean sheet with Ruben Diaz. And Hudson Odoi scored in the, the 92nd minute. Um, but for Kevin De Bruyne, 169 games, 74 assists. He's equal to Henri Henry's um, number of assists. Despite Alex saying that he's overrated, um, is he one of the best midfielders the Premier League has ever seen, Max? Uh, you have to definitely put him in the conversation. And I mean, somebody with the record of joint record of most assists have got to be in the conversation. A very impressive. Um, a very impressive thing to achieve and uh, you can say that regardless of the team he plays for obviously very a creative and attacking team they were obviously two years ago more so than now but um yeah i mean he's played in you know one of the best premier league sides of all time and he was a star in it and i think you'd have to say he's one of the best premier league midfielders of all time yeah i think um a lot of people were saying this week that um he, he hasn't agreed a new contract yet i think he's um already committed till 2023 but a lot of people said that He'll not sign because of the terms um, currently offloaded, and I think he wants um, three hundred and fifty thousand a week in um, to sign a, a new deal. But um, more about Chelsea then, Lloyd. Um, Jamie Carragher probably summed it up well. Um, he said that Frank only got the job because of um, his experience or his playing career at Chelsea, not based on the experience he had. Where obviously he got the job um, from before Chelsea because he got Derby to the playoff final where he did do well last season, but they couldn't go promote to the Premier League. Do you agree with Jamie Carragher's statement there? Eh? Uh, yeah, I, I do think I agree. And it, it does happen quite a lot with managers. They, like like you look at like Ole, Arteta, Lampard, Zidane. 
And a lot of them, like, they do go to the clubs they play for. And I, like, it's probably because they have the links there. I feel like they're not just going, yeah, he's like, he's a legend. I think, like, especially with the kids of Arteta, I think, like, the board were, like, all familiar with him. Like, a lot of the higher-ups were. And, like, a lot of people said that we should employ him as well. Because, uh, like, they knew what he was like. I think I think with Lampard, I think uh, he did have a good season with Darwin. He did take him to the final. And then, like, he did really well then. And this was Prem season as well. He gives in all the youth, getting to fourth in it, qualifying for Champions League. I think... I think he that's what he needs to go back to. He needs to he needs to start playing players like Vienna. And he needs to start playing playing the youth again. He needs to go back to what worked. Is it is it good he has the likes of um Hakim Ziyech, obviously he played I think it's the first time he played since um Leeds United on the fifth of December, as you said. I don't think Werner scored in. Um he's gone eleven matches without a goal now. Um sorry, twelve matches without a goal for um Chelsea now. But Gundogan did stick up for Timo Werner and Kai Havertz, obviously German teammates. He said that the struggles are no surprise. Um, obviously, he made the, the same trans, transition when he went from Borussia Dortmund to Man City in 2016 and, and maybe did struggle um, again and haven't really adapted. Do you agree with Ikai Gundogan on that statement, do you think, Lloyd? Uh, yeah, I, I do. Or is, it, or is it no excuse? I, I, you could... I I do agree they take some to adapt, but I, like especially in that case, I think it's sort of adapted. But do, do you think he will? Obviously, Chelsea haven't been performed, but do you think Frank Frank could possibly get the sack soon? Do you think if they're not performing? Uh, yeah, I think I they, I feel like they're talking about it because they spent all this money and Romans have invested it, and they're getting like they're getting worse results than they did last year. So I think they probably will look to get a manager who can actually get the best out of the money they spent. But I think if I was them, I'd probably keep Lampard as, as long as he as long as he makes changes. Like he's in a similar place to what Arteta was doing, where he was just he was playing the same players over and over again, and then not getting the results. I think he needs to do what Arteta solution was play the youth more play play the players who actually want to play for the club like you have some like Tammy Abraham uh, Olivier Giroud on the bench when he's still playing Werner friend who hasn't scored a goal in like 10 games like it's insane If as well with Werner he hasn't scored in 10 games if that was any other striker any youth striker like you wouldn't hear the end of it and he wouldn't he wouldn't still be playing after 10 games and I really know so he's stuck with him this long yeah, um, they haven't won um, the first game of a county in four years, which is um, start remarkable, really. But like you said, they've got to um, kick on if they want to be challenging for the likes of Liverpool, who was the final game on Monday. They lost at home to Southampton 1-0. Danny Ings scoring a, um, a brilliant dink over the keeper, really. His 50th Premier League goal, and he did it in style to get Southampton the three points. Um uh, Liverpool were the better team probably second half and they had a lot of chances as well um, that they should have taken um, you know if, if Jan Valery and I think it was at the 81st minute um, France International had more power on his shot um, he would probably would have put Southampton 2-0 up after Alisson came miles off his off his line so overall then Max um, Jamie Carragher also said that Liverpool need a a centre-back if they want to win the league. Do you agree with him or do you still think they're strong enough to win it? 
Well, I think they're strong enough to win it definitely, but I think if they want to, you know, be, be more more safe and be more, you know, I think they'd be a lot more comfortable of a position if they had more options at the back. Obviously, they've had a lot of injuries, um, and I think yeah, a centre back signing would uh, be very good for them. However, I mean, it is kind of interesting because obviously they're having issues at the back because of injuries and they can't, they don't have a lot of options because of that. And um, if they had to sign a player. Uh, you know, and, and the, the players return. How would you know what would happen to them? Would they, they would they have to sell maybe a Matip to make to make room for them after, and Dyke is back, or would they maybe just look for a loan option now? Interesting. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be interesting, but um, brilliant fact now that they've um, Man United and now the Premier League team with the least points dropped, which um, is a good start. But a Southampton, a force that um, you know we we should look out for. Obviously, probably not in the title race, but maybe a Champions League spot or definitely Europa League spot. Do you think, man? Um, well, I mean, the way things are going, you'd have to say so. They're in fantastic form. Um, and again, obviously, it is seeing smaller teams potentially get a Champions League spot is always, uh, it's rare, it's a rare sight. But um, again, you have to, to give them the respect because they've played very well and um, they have a style and a philosophy that they're adhering to very well as well, I think. Um, they're definitely a team to watch out for. They've you know given lots of troubles to, to top six teams and uh, many teams in the Premier League. And yeah, I think they're really good. I think their manager's really good. And I think the players are also really good. Danny Ings, I thought, was a great finish uh, against Allison. So yeah, no, I think all over the, the pitch, they've got lots of options. And they think they've still got some signings. I think Salisu, I've talked about him before, he hasn't quite, um, he hasn't quite kicked on yet. Yeah, he hasn't quite kicked on yet. But I think he's excellent. He's a 21-year-old. And um, no, there was so many parts of the puzzle. And I think they could potentially even strengthen more. Uh, in January, so yeah, no, they're only getting better, really. And and one quick one for you, Lloyd. That um, Real Madrid have made um, Liverpool for the most Salah their big target for um, next summer. Obviously, he was linked with um, Barcelona in in a few weeks ago in um, the summer window, and he hasn't ruled that out. Can you see him leaving in the summer to possibly go to Real Madrid or Barcelona or even another team, or will he stay at Anfield? Uh, I think I could I could potentially see him leaving. It it, it depends what he wants though. Because, like, like, I'm not really sure. I, obviously, I'm not really sure his stance is on the situation. But, like, you look at what he's won with Liverpool now. Like, they've won the Champions League and the Prem. So, he's got both of them. Like, the, the option to go to Real Madrid is, like, it's probably a dream. But, like, it's a dream for, like, almost everyone. Uh, I think I think he probably would. He'd definitely consider it. But, uh, it, it depends. Like, Liverpool definitely wouldn't want to sell him. And they'll definitely try and tie him down. It turns on Wilbur and off, I think. If what well, if they do get rid of Salah, there's been a lot of reports in, in France that um Liverpool are watching Kylian Mbappe's contract situation in, in the coming months and they set to as well because I think he's out of contract soon. If Salah goes is Mbappe the the choice you'd expect Liverpool to go for? Uh, yeah, I, I think he's really the only replacement as well. Like, th- they need to make sure that they have a replacement. Because you can't lose someone like Salah and not replace him. I, th- I think he is really the only replacement out there. Like, you look at someone like a Haaland, but it's, it's a lot of a different type of player there. And there aren't really many replacements for him. Yeah, I think, you know, it'd be interesting to see, um, you know, if, if Salah does leave in the summer, he won't leave in January, it'll be... Um, next summer and see um, how that emerges. So those are the Premier League um, results done for this week then. And the table is Liverpool at top 17 games 33. 
Man United in second, 16 games, 33. Uh, Liverpool got a goal difference of 16 and Man United got nine. Um, we play Burnley next week in our game in hand. And Leicester in third, 17-32. Tottenham climb up to fourth, 16 games played, 29. Man City, 15 games played, 29. They also climb up to fifth. Southampton also climb up to sixth, 17 games played, 29 points. Everton uh, dropped down like Aston Villa and Chelsea. Everton, the seventh, 16 games played, 29 points. Aston Villa, 15 games played, 26 points. Chelsea in ninth, 17 games, 26 points. West Ham remain in 10th after 26 points after 17 games. Arsenal rise up to 11th now. We're starting to go up now, Lloyd. 17 games, 23 points. Leeds, that means Leeds and Wolves drop down. Leeds are in 12th, 17 games, 23 points. Wolves, 22 points after 17 games. Crystal Palace go above Newcastle, 17 games, 22 points. Newcastle do have a game in hand, though. They've played 16, 19 points. And the rest are non-movers. 16th, Burnley, 15 games, 16 points. And Brighton, 17 games, 14 points. And in the relegation zone, Fulham, 15 games, 11 points. West Brom, 17 games and 8 points. And then bottom of the league, yet to get a win. Sheffield United with um, 2 points. Obviously, next week, there's no fixtures to tell you because it's the FA Cup third round where the championship teams and the Premier League teams join in the third round alongside some League One, League Two and some um, non-league um, teams. But just before we end, I want to touch on, on the Pochettino appointment quickly. Um, for you that doesn't know, he got appointed, was it Saturday afternoon, a PSG manager because obviously they got rid of Thomas Tuchel. Um, not real, really a surprise that they brought in um, Pochettino. A good appointment for you, Max? A uh, fantastic appointment for me. Um, I think it's a very different job, obviously, to what he's always had so far. Um, obviously, now he's the kind of he's always been sort of you know a smaller team he's he's taken, um, and you can't really get. I mean, obviously, by far the biggest club in in France, really. Um, you know, in terms of the money they have, and um, it's obviously I think better than seeing him go to a rival like Man United as well. Um, and I think it's a perfect opportunity for him to win trophies, most importantly. And um, it's interesting to see him work with a budget because, I mean, I think they might be strapped for cash at the moment because of the pandemic, but maybe in a couple of years or maybe a year or two, they'll be able to spend like he was never really able to at Spurs. And um, no, what I mean, obviously, like I said last week, I think the dream is you know, he can you know, win a couple of trophies and uh, maybe come back to Spurs uh, and do the same thing here. Yeah, I think he signed for BSG in 2001, didn't he? And then 20 years later, he's now manager of um, PSG. I think it's a deal until... Um, it's a two and a half year deal, I think that's right. Um, in saying as well, so he, he's there for a few, a few years. But um, in in terms of this transfer window now, obviously it's going to be his first one. Do you expect him to make big signings this January transfer window, or are they going to be more in the summer? And who re- realistically is going to go with this January? I mean, it depends what you mean by big signings. I expect maybe some signings. Obviously, maybe the Deli Ali and Christian Eriksen links obviously there, but. Um... In the summer, we saw it, uh, and I'm not sure if we're going to see it again. I suspect we will. PSG didn't really spend. I mean, they brought in mostly loan deals. Um, I think three, maybe loan deals, maybe maybe some more. But um, maybe we could see something similar. I think Deli Ali is probably rumored to be a loan. Um, yeah, perhaps some loan deals and maybe some smaller price deals, but I don't expect anything massive. I think they bought in Florenzi um, from Roma and they bought in um, Rafina from Barcelona, didn't they, as well, I think, on, on loans as well. But moves us on quickly then, Max. 
um, we haven't really talked about Italian football recently, but um, as you said, AC Milan are flying at the top. I think there's only four teams in UEFA's top 12 divisions. Rangers in Scotland, uh, Sport in Lisbon in Portugal, and Shakhtar Donetsk in, in Ukraine, alongside AC Milan in Italy. Um, what, what have you got to tell us? Is there a winter break in Italy this year like there normally is? And is there any um, transfer deals that we should look out for? Um there wasn't really a winter break. The games did sort of continue uh, every week. Um, and, yeah, I mean, AC Milan are flying again. You obviously had to lose a game. Um, but Inter Milan aren't far behind them, really. Inter Milan are also doing fantastically. I mean, after crashing out of the Champions League like they did. You yeah, know, I mean, the Milan teams are, are dominating, quite frankly. And then, um, I mean, Rome are doing well. And it's, it's Juventus, really, that are, that are, that are looking quite poor. Um, big win at the weekend for Juventus, but um, you yeah, know they they sat in they sat in uh, fifth with a with a game in hand. But still, even if they win the game, they'll still be uh, seven points behind AC Milan, uh, Juventus. Um, but in terms of in terms of uh, transfer links, um, AC Milan mainly uh, are the ones that are kind of looking to do business. They've uh, 15 million they've offered for uh, Mohamed Simakan, a Strasbourg player from France, and also another. A French player, a uh, five million for Manu Kone, a youngster, two young, two young midfielders, and it kind of is a similar theme with AC Milan. They've all, they're going for young players, and uh, obviously, like we saw with, with uh, Sandro Tonali in the summer, uh, they, they they they're kind of looking for younger players who are looking to prove themselves, um, and then it's and it's worked so far, so you can't really critique them for that. And then uh, the other thing, uh, the other deal uh, that I want, I'm going to talk about, um, uh, Salik, who is linked to uh, Spurs in the summer, uh, Roma of open talks. Uh, with his agent, so uh, that could be a potential deal that is going on. And I know he's a good player, and yeah, like I said, almost linked to Spurs in the summer, but they went to Doherty instead. But, you know, that could be a good deal for them. Is it? Is it as well? Is it um, Milik as well from Napoli? Um, I think Atletico Madrid, Mr. Lopez said in the summer they were interested in him. I think it's 10 million euros and 8.9 million. Um, he looks like he's going to Marseille. Is is he been? Is that a good deal for Marseille or? You know, is that maybe um, a downgrade from Napoli to Marseille? Difficult to say, really. I mean, you'd probably say a couple of seasons ago it would be a downgrade, um, but Napoli have kind of fallen off themselves. Uh, I mean, they're do- doing okay this season reasonably, but obviously a big fall off last season when they were challenging for the Scudetto just the season before. Um, no, I mean, I think the price for, for, for Malik, you know, 10 million euros. I mean, compared to what was being talked about in the summer, 40 million euros, I think it would be a good price for Marseille. Um, and a Marseille team that have kind of had a mixed season, but um, no, they, they, they were doing well in the league and they, they continue to do well in the league. I think, you know, I think for a player whose opportunity, opportunities at um, Napoli have kind of fallen off, they've kind of dried up, obviously with the signing of Osimhen in the summer. Um, I mean, I think, you know, Going to a club like Marseille, who uh, you have prospects to to do to do well in the league, um, I think you know I think it's a good deal for both parties. And it was a, a youngster, I think, he, or a Juventus defender, 22-year-old Turkish centre back. Is it um, Maria Demal? Demal, Demaral. 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 Sure um, is is it Real Madrid, Atletico Madrid, Tottenham, Liverpool, and Leicester? Is, is he being linked with? Is he going to go to any of that clubs, and um, how good is he? Well, he's been really 
linked with a move away for a couple of seasons now. I mean, he's obviously a young player, and I think he is a very good defender. Um, and I think I would welcome him at Spurs, probably. But um, no, whether he's going to leave or not, yeah, th- th- there's been talks held on for a while, uh, held for a while with him, and he hasn't gone anywhere anywhere yet. But I would expect him to leave soon because, again, his opportunities at Juventus are, are limited, and you know, I think a player like that, a young player especially, will be will be looking for a move away where he can get more game time. It'd be interesting to see what does happen, um, not just in Italy then, from around the world for transfers. But that's it for the St. Martin's Football Show um, this week then. We'll be back next week to look back at the third round of the FA Cup. Um, I think Man United, Watford, Arsenal, Arsenal, Newcastle um, and Tottenham have a, I'm not going to say a tough test because you'd think they should win, but a test against um, Marine, who I think they're the lowest team left in the competition, so... Um, be interesting to see what type of team Tottenham put out. Do they put out the likes of um, maybe Harry Kane or, or do they start Dele Alli or whatever team you'd expect Tottenham to win. But it's the FA Cup. Anything can happen. So good luck to Marine and all the other um, the league teams as well. So we'll be back next week. But thank you for listening. Goodbye. Liverpool like a high line, there's plenty to drop it into. Oh, Southampton skipper, and it's a clever variation on it. And it's led to a truly wonderful goal for Danny Ings. Made on the training ground, and it's finished by a master. Absolutely magnificent finish, this. I mean, he's got to get his angles, the weight of the chip, perfect. It's a well-timed run. And an even better finish. What about that? Here is a teller who's quick and he's got onto it. And he can line up and looking for his first Premier League goal and not far away from it. Teller does ever so well to carve out the chance for himself. He doesn't pass it sideways to Armstrong. He takes the responsibility. Didn't quite get the spin on the ball, the curl, Teller. That should uh, give him some confidence. Here's Robertson. Liverpool trying to find a sting in the tail in this first half, and Salah with the header. A bit of work from Marnock. Just maybe put off by Ryan Bertrand as he was going to head it, affected the accuracy. Ronaldo. Thiago. Ratatat of passes. Oh, and it might run through. Walker-Peters needs to get there, and he hasn't got there. And, uh, Stevens, I think, came across and did make the block in front of Forster. That's great defending from Jack Stevens. who does have acceleration. Walker-Peters needs to be on his toes here. Ooh, and, uh, goal kick is the decision. He's, he's, done was... it. <laughs> he's done ever so well up until now, Walker-Peters, but he was just struggling to touch down. His fire's come across the fire of Mane, I thought. We've seen them given. The VAR have not seen enough to overrule the on-field referee. Brought out by Stevens. <laughs> wants to make sure that Southampton do more than just keep the ball. And he's given Valerie a chance here. 
Is that going to go all the way? Henderson will get back. A little bit more on it, and it would have been 2-0. little nutmeg there, I think, but just not enough on it. 